Good morning, Atlanta First. It is so good to be back with you. I pray that you are well and that God is keeping you during this time. I want to thank your phenomenal pastor, Reverend Jasmine Smothers, for her gracious invitation to come and share with you. Will you pray with me? Lord, I cannot speak unless you loose my tongue. I only stammer and speak with uncertainty. But if you, O oh God, touch my mouth, I will proclaim your word. God, this is your day and we are your people. Speak. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. The scripture reading for this morning comes from Acts chapter 3, verses 12 through 19, and it reads like this. When Peter saw it, he addressed the people, you Israelites, why do you wonder at this? Or why do you stare at us as though by our own power or piety we made him walk? The God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob, the God of our ancestors, has glorified his servant, Jesus, whom you handed over and rejected in the presence of Pilate, though he had decided to release him. But you rejected the holy and righteous one and asked to have a murderer given to you, and you killed the author of life, whom God raised from the dead. To this we are witnesses. And by faith in his name, his name itself has made this man strong, whom you see and no, and the faith that is through Jesus has given him this perfect health in the presence of all of you. And now, friends, I know that you acted in ignorance as did your rulers. In this way, God fulfilled what he had foretold through all the prophets that the Messiah would suffer. Repent, therefore and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped out. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. This morning, I'd like to speak to you from the topic, No Greater Love, The Love That Heals. Friends, we are in Eastertide. For those of you who are not born and bred Methodist or strict followers of the liturgical calendar, Easter is not just one day, it's an entire season of the church. It's about 50 days or seven weeks long. Easter tide helps to remind us that we are indeed Easter people raised with Christ through faith, and that that same resurrecting power that lifted Jesus all those years ago is available to us today. We are reminded that what sin and death attempted to kill and destroy, God has raised, redeemed, and transformed. There really is no greater love than that. Like the early apostles whose stories we read about in the book of Acts. We are to continue the ministry of Jesus and to do greater works in his name. 
proclaiming good news to the poor, freedom to the captives, recovery of sight to the morally blind, and to set the oppressed free. We are to be an example to the world of what it means not to be ruled by power or, or violence or grief, but to be ruled by love. Our scripture for this morning starts at verse 12, but there is something earlier on that occurs in Acts 3 that requires our attention. It's so important that it ends up landing Peter and John in jail for a bit in chapter 4. I'll give you a summary now, but I encourage you to read Acts chapter 3 in full on your own. Just prior to verse 12, Peter, the disciple on whom Jesus said he would build his church, and John, the beloved one, are heading to the temple for prayer. On their way into worship, they see a man who was lame being carried in. He was laid at the gate of the temple, and he was there to ask for alms or money. The man asked Peter and John for assistance, but rather than being giving a coin or two, Peter heals his body. But before he performs the miracle, Peter tells the man to look at him. This may not seem all that important, but I need you to imagine for a minute what this man's life could have been like. He isn't given a name, but only known by his physical condition. He has a birth defect which has left him disabled for 40 long years and is poor because of it. Much like people today who are living with visible and invisible disabilities find it hard to make a decent living because society doesn't view them as valuable and worthy of necessary compensation. Because of his physical position, laying on the ground, he may have only seen people's ankles, legs, and feet as they scurried past him to get into the temple, but not necessarily their eyes. He is on the ground and his vision is limited and he's told to lift his gaze and meet Peter and John's eyes. Before giving the man anything, Peter and John insist on seeing him. They want to make human-to-human -human contact. They want to begin the healing process by not just healing this man's body, but also possibly his heart. A look may not seem like much, but think about a time when you were having a horrible, I mean the worst day possible, and a stranger looked at you with kindness or a child smiled in your direction, and your spirit was immediately lifted. In a time where we're wearing masks, we can testify how much of human expression exists in the eyes. There is power in seeing people, and there is power in being seen. So I wonder this morning, who aren't we seeing that God desires for us to see? The man looks at them thinking he will surely get some money because Peter and John acknowledged him, but has no idea what is coming next. Peter and John don't have any money. The apostles were broke by our standards for today for much of their ministry, but they can offer healing. 
Peter calls on Jesus' name, grabs the man, lifts him up, and immediately he's able to use his feet and ankles and stand on his own. In response to this miraculous healing, the man jumps up and praises and worships God, and he's finally able to enter the temple that before he could only lay outside of. The love of Jesus heals him, lifts him up, and then draws him in. That's what the love and power of Jesus does. It seeks to restore us physically, emotionally, spiritually, and socially. It brings the vulnerable and people regarded as the least from the margins into the center. This man's life and his story have been changed and his previously low expectations have been raised after an encounter with divine power. Can anybody relate to having low expectations? Sometimes life gets so hard that it impacts our ability to dream. We have been in a pandemic for over a year. Hundreds of thousands of lives have been lost to COVID-19 in the U.S. alone. And there are moments when it feels like the grief is closing in on us. Mass shootings appear to be on the rise, and three black and brown boys' lives were taken this week alone by the police. Businesses are desperate to hold on. People still don't have the jobs that they need. It's rough out here, y'all. When life has beat us up so bad, sometimes the only thing we can do to cope is just accept that what is is what's always going to be because hoping for better feels impossible or like a waste of time. This man had low expectations. But when we encounter Jesus, when the spirit of the living God is present, things must shift and change for the better. The scripture tells us that all things work together for the good of those that love the Lord. When we encounter Jesus, our hope gets renewed and restored. When we enter into relationship with the the divine, faith teaches us to raise our expectations and our gaze. Dead things are resurrected to life and we are given the ability to begin again. The man was expecting money, but through the apostles, God restored his body and his soul. He encountered the love that heals. Once an outsider, now he's inside and his community has to adjust. It's one thing to see people experiencing poverty and homelessness outside of our congregations, but are they welcome inside? No, I'm not talking about you all, Atlanta first. You have modeled how to care for unhoused people. Well, I'm just saying. The people are amazed and they are astonished. This crowd mirrors the one surrounding Jesus when he performs signs and wonders. They gather around trying to get a better look at the man and the men who healed him. People are buzzing all around. Y'all know how folk do. 
If something spectacular happens, most of us want to know what's going on and to get a closer look. If they lived in today's world, I'd imagine some of them would have went live on Facebook or Instagram so other people could witness what they were seeing. Twitter timelines would be filled with tweets about the man's healing and trying to identify who Peter and John were and where they came from. The people are curious, and Peter chooses to capitalize on this captive audience just like his teacher Jesus taught him to. And he begins to preach to those gathered there. The stage has been set, the time has come, and this is where our scripture for this morning picks up. People are searching for answers. They need to know how this man was healed and, what, and by what power and authority he was made well. And Peter is happy to offer them answers. I believe that the healing of one man led to the spiritual healing and renewal of many that day. Rather than taking glory for himself and letting the people praise and worship him, Peter points to God, making sure that they know where the power comes from and connecting people with the source of all. All that we do should point people to Jesus. In our service, caring and loving, people shouldn't just be connected with us or our congregations, but to the creator and the giver of life. Peter appeals to the crowd saying that their God, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and the God of their ancestors has glorified Jesus, though he was rejected and given over to death. Jesus is the Messiah, the promised and anointed one that Israel had been waiting for. And when they had him, they didn't know what to do with him. Like some of us every now and again, they struggled how to discern Jesus in their midst. And so they cast him aside and ignored him all together. Peter wants there to be no mistake about what happened on Good Friday and on Calvary's cross. This isn't an easy message. This isn't a word anyone wants to hear. I doubt that there were any hallelujahs or amens uttered on that day. But this doesn't stop Peter from telling the truth. Instead, he raises the stakes and not only says that Jesus is the Messiah, a claim that anyone near Jerusalem at the time would have heard on their own, but he also says that Jesus is the author of life and they killed him. I believe that they is more a function of speech rather than an actual indictment of the crowd. These weren't the same people that called for Jesus' crucifixion, but it's necessary to drive the point home. That when human sin and failure put the author, the originator, the giver of life to death, God's power raised him. And that's good news for us this morning because it means that God can raise and heal and restore us too. Mistakes don't have to be the end. The people see evidence of Jesus' resurrection in the raising of the man. 
The same God who lifted Jesus from the grave lifted this man from the ground. And because they saw and heard him, they couldn't deny the power of Jesus. But instead, they were brought to faith. The crowd is invited to celebrate the man's healing and to be healed themselves. The word that Peter gave was hard, but there is healing in the truth. God can't redeem what we won't confess. And we can't confess what we won't acknowledge. Be honest about your stuff and trust that God and God's power can and will redeem you. There is healing in telling the truth. There is healing in being vulnerable before God. There is healing in admitting our faults and our wrongs and asking for forgiveness and restoration. Don't hide in the shadows of lies and sin when God offers you new life. Accept the healing that comes with the truth. God's grace shines a light in our lives, not to condemn us to death or to shame us. Shame is not of God, but to show us the areas of our lives that need to be redeemed so we can experience the fullness of life. Jesus came that we might have life and life more abundantly. We. Not a few, not just me and mine, not just you and yours, but we, all of us, that all of us might live. The crowd at the temple needed a change of heart that only the love of God can give. Peter tells them to leave behind the ignorance they had before seeing the power of Jesus and the man healed so that their sins can be wiped out and to repent. This hard word is followed by great promises, a time of refreshing and healing. They're given the opportunity to be reconciled to God and reconnected with one another. When we are in right relationship with God, it should extend to our neighbors as well. And through grace and faith, they accept this invitation and are made new. They're healed of every spiritual sickness and forgiven of their sin, and they are reconciled to God and one another. They are changed through the power of the Holy Spirit, and the evidence of that transformation is in chapter 4. The passage of scripture Pastor Jasmine preached on last week, where people held everything in common, where they shared all of their possessions. Nobody was poor, but everyone had what they needed, and there was grace abounding among them. Friends. This is what true repentance looks like, getting into right relationship with God and our neighbors. Contrary to popular belief, repentance is not merely a confession or an apology. Saying I'm sorry doesn't quite cut it when it comes to repentance. In the words of Rabbi Danya Ruttenberg, repentance is when you're given the chance to do the same painful thing again. When you're given opportunity to sin in the same way again, you choose to make a different and a life-giving choice. 
That's why Peter tells them to repent and to turn, to literally and figuratively leave behind the things that caused harm to themselves and to one another and to choose freedom in Christ. Jesus invites and empowers them just like Jesus invites and empowers us to make a different choice to choose to live into the gospel of radical inclusion and to live as resurrected people, those who have been touched and transformed by Jesus, those who have experienced healing on multiple levels and desire that same healing for others. People need to be introduced to Jesus. I invite you today to tell people how Jesus made all the difference in your life, how he changed your story and made you new, how your life has gotten better and more full since being in relationship with him. People should see a difference in our living. We may not be able to perform a sign like Jesus and the apostles did, but we can certainly be a sign. We can be beacons of light in all the world and an example and a vessel of the love that heals. Amen.